0: Welcome to Locosaurus Rex. I'm Simon Schwartz. We have one classy podcast for y'all today. My guest is Dylan Philbrick. Dylan is a friend who works a few floors up from Team Locosaur, an amateur foodie who comes from a family of foodies, as we'll talk about, and someone who has tasted his way across much of New York. We're going to talk about the upcoming James Beard Awards. That's the culinary world's version of the Oscars, basically. We're gonna talk about some of his favorite fine dining experiences and a whole lot more. So let's hop in and get some recs. This is Dylan Philbrick on some of the best fine dining experiences that he's had throughout Manhattan. Enjoy. Dylan, how are you, man?
1: Good. How's it going, Sam?
0: It's good. It's after work. Um, I'm always hungry after work, and you're one of my favorite people to talk to about food. So let's just dive right into it. There we go. Um, When the first time you and I ever had like a serious conversation, um, it was about fine dining, right? And what it means to sort of dine fine in New York specifically. so that's kind of where I wanted to start, right? What fine dining means uh, to you, because it's not just, oh, let's go eat at an expensive restaurant, right? Like there's something more there that constitutes, this is a fine dining establishment. Yeah, totally. What is like what is that sort of extra thing?
1: I guess just to start, like the first thing that comes to my mind, and this might be a kind of silly, uh, you know, distinction, but if you kind of have to consider wearing a different outfit to <laughs> go to the restaurant, um, that's the first thing I think about. And, you know, yeah. like even trickling down to childhood, it's like, you know, if my mom would be like, put on a button up, yeah, you know, I would usually think, okay, we're going somewhere nice or, yeah. or you know, maybe she's just trying to, you know, push my buttons. Um, But uh, that's the first thing I think about. And, you know, really trickles down into decor, mood, and really the whole, I guess, ambiance of the restaurant. You know, it's not just a plain dish. uh, Not that, you know, many dishes are plain, but it's, you know, a little bit more effort and oomph kind of goes into the food that is getting put out at the place you are. Sure. And I mean, I would characterize you as a as an enthusiastic
0: sort of amateur foodie. You're walking into one of these places. What are you looking for?
1: You know, I, I usually try and look out for my favorite dishes and seeing, mm-hmm. you know, looking forward to trying them in a different variation or under a different restaurant or chef's uh, style. So I'm a big sashimi fan. I, I love a good filet. And those are some of the, you know, first things I look for. And then, you know... While oysters are normally served raw, I always try and look for a different variation of oysters. Um, Those are some of my three favorite things, and that's kind of what I'll skim the menu for, and then look for kind of, oh, that's a different variation, and try and uh, go for that.
0: Sure. So, like, regular people eat, you know, three meals a day, right? Snack for a fourth. For you, what was it about food that sort of took it from, oh, I need to, like, fill my stomach three meals a day to, like, I am actively
1: scouring New York looking for these quote-unquote fine dining experiences. The biggest thing for myself is I'd wake up in the morning. I wouldn't seek out cereal uh, or cereal bar. I would look for what is there left over to reheat in the fridge. Sure. You know, it wasn't just milk and cereal. I you know, Even pizza, whether warm or cold, I, I would prefer that over just normal breakfast. And the best thing would be, especially when I was little and I'd be asleep when my parents came back from dinner, is I would wake up and then see that they had leftovers from their dinner the night before. Oh, cool. And that would be the best thing. Um, or, you know, even going to bed knowing that I had a beautiful uh, leftover steak to wake <laughs> up to. Nice. Um, that that was really what kind of started seeking out these fine dining experiences.
0: And you have a little bit of a personal connection um, to the sort of the, the fine dining world. For our listeners who, who aren't aware... There's something coming up in April. They're called the James Beard Awards. And if you are a restaurant, this is like the Oscars, basically. Yes. Um, Give us like this, just sort of
1: the backstory on on your connection to that. So uh, my mom, Elizabeth, where I get all of my, um, you know, interest in food, my taste and any skills I have in the kitchen... (laughs) Her father, Dan, was actually James Beard's uh, very good friend and photographer. Many of the photos you see of him in the kitchen, cooking, um, around. And, you know, for those who have kind of looked or have an understanding of, you know, James Beard, he has a very quirky, unique personality and very enthusiastic. Uh, Even just a slight raise of the eyebrows kind of looking or glancing at you in these photos you'll see. And he, um, you know, had the pleasure of working with him uh, throughout his career. And um you know, working um to you know help establish uh the foundation after James's passing, and you know a lot of the photos you see kind of i guess encapsulate his personality uh, but uh yes the the foundation is amazing, and yes, uh, as Simon mentioned, the awards are coming up in Chicago um and the media awards will actually be in new york
0: so we're gonna go through some of the new York specific sort of finalists in a minute. want to backtrack really quickly and just say, who are the chefs out there in New York at the moment that you are like actively sort of following, looking out for the new stuff that they're doing, um, or just sort of looking up to?
1: I'd say there's one in particular, and it's David Chang. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gone to a couple of his restaurants. I believe Sambar was actually nominated for a James Beard Award. Uh, and winter winner uh, a couple years back. He really just does an amazing job at kind of just switching up what is happening in the scenery and putting a new twist on it. Yeah. Um, I was actually in uh, Nevada, in Vegas, back in June, and they had just put one in the Cosmo, and I went there two days in a row. That's how good it was. Nice. And it was not that, you know, some restaurants you go to, and yes, you could try different dishes, but like I was able to have a completely different experience day one versus day two. And I, I still remember that dish. It was a big eye tuna uh, with foie gras, strawberries, and it was just such a weird combination. And I actually didn't like foie gras before then, mm-hmm. but it just was so perfect and clearly so much time and thought into this kind of palate combination um, really, you know, it was one of my f- most memorable dishes from that trip.
0: So so that, to me, is the definition of fine dining. Yeah. Right? Like and you have much more experience this than I do, but there's sort of two schools of thoughts of, okay, this is what it means to be excellent in the kitchen. One is let's make the traditional things incredibly well, right? Let's do what we've always done and sort of pay homage to this sort of like tradition. And the other is let's push the envelope. And with fine dining, to me, there's always an element of, this combination, this flavor profile hasn't been seen before. Let's experiment. Let's sort of push the boundaries of, you know, what you're actually tasting on your tongue. And that's where you get the sort of unique experiences. Totally. David Chang is great. Also an incredible podcaster. Um, really, I have not listened to any. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out uh, David Chang's podcast on The Ringer. Um, people should listen. David Chang, you should come on this podcast. Agreed. Low Agreed. key. <laughs> uh, so where in New York are you going to eat? Is there a neighborhood where you find yourself dining out sort of more often than others these days?
1: Um, that's a good question. I definitely have my, you know, hidden gems across the city, but weirdly enough, uh, and I have no connection to theater, but the theater district has, you know, it's a goldmine. Um, you know, one of the spots I think we've chatted about briefly is, you know, Keynes, and I guess it really just centers around so many people would have these fine dining experiences before you know going to a show in the theater district that you know and far before my time but a lot of these restaurants are kind of around that area whether it's before during or after but yeah the theater district i'll I'll be in a good amount you know my girlfriend loves shows but i i just like the food um i'm (laughs) in your boat
0: well as you know this is Locosaurus rex we're looking for recommendations um in your case It's not only recommendations for where you like, but we're also going to go through uh, uh, this year's James Beard finalists. For starters, where are a few places that if you were to say these are your New York uh, James Beard favorites, right? Places that either have won before or places you think are especially deserving. um, Where are some of those? And then we'll we'll get to this year's list.
1: Yeah, so previously talking about Keens, that's my number one steakhouse. If you're a friend that... He's in the city. If you're someone from out of town visiting me, we're going to be stopping at Keens. Cool. Um, numerous other steak spots I can, you know, name, and obviously there's the Lugers fans and you have a mix, but I had to stay loyal to Keens. It's consistent. It still has that buzz, but it's not completely engulfed by this fame. There's still that low key vibe going around at the restaurant. Um, the food is consistent, my biggest thing's there. I have to say the fillet is 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 amazing um, sure you really you really can't get much better than that
0: that's the classic new york fillet
1: exactly it, it's really just I've been going there for years, even though i'm rather young i've been going there for <laughs> years and it's it's a great place um there's certain places that like always the staff will come in and have uh impact on how the restaurant is, but like yeah there's certain waiters i've been seeing for years and it, you know it shows the retention at the restaurant yeah. and kind of the family and even the smiles and communication among the waiter and waitresses is a huge part and really you know it puts has an impact on your dining experience um and your meal as for you know decor it's something i love to always talk about but they have the world's largest collection of it's a certain type of pipe, but it's a clay pipe. Churchwarden. Yes, they have the world's largest collection of churchwarden pipes. And if you're there, and I didn't even notice it the first time I was there, but if you look on the ceiling, uh-huh. there is, every inch is covered by a pipe. Huh. And essentially how it used to work is you'd come, ba- you'd come there back in the day, and you'd be like, hey, I'm Simon. And they'd be like, you know, Mr. Schwartz, here's your pipe. And you would have your pipe there that you could then enjoy during your meal. And you, it would be your pipe when you're done, you hang it back up. And, you know, you have people from JP Morgan, uh, Albert Einstein that had and were members of the pipe uh, pipe club or I forget what they call it. But, um, yeah, if you still look up, uh, some of them are cracked and kind of dangling from the ceiling. Others are fully intact. But um, little things like that kind of just tie in the whole, you know, old school New York steakhouse vibe for me. Yeah,
0: very cool. Um so, so let's go through just for a minute uh this year's finalists. I have the list in front of me. There's a few that I want to comment on, and we'll get your take as well. Best new restaurant. The one that stood out to me was Atomics, which is a Korean place. The only reason I know about it is because it was featured on one of the other podcasts that we did on on Korean food okay. um That seems great. Elsewhere, I want to give a shout out to Amanda Cohen at Dirt Candy. This is the, I think, the third podcast that I've given a shout out to Amanda Cohen on. Nice. Um, she does more with vegetables than anyone does with like the rest of the, the culinary world. Um, so really respect that. Um, as far as outstanding restaurant in the New York area, um, this is the, s- I know the second year in a row, maybe more, um, that Balthazar has been on it. That's, I mean, you can't get more classic New York than balthazar and then finally outstanding bar program the james beard award uh dead rabbit which is down in financial district and has been you know universally regarded as one of the world's best bars for like a hundred years or something like that so all that is to say like new york has a like a pretty good showing this year um i don't know who's gonna actually like stand out and win um but like there's a lot of like solid options
1: yeah, totally. Um, off the top of the list, uh Balthazar and um Dead Rabbit. Um mm. you know, those two are definitely on my list and I continually hear great things. Have you heard about uh coat? K O or C O T.
0: C O T. I was just
1: yeah. having <laughs> yeah, someone was just telling me about that this weekend. That's yeah. funny.
0: Yeah. Um so this was also one that was was featured, um, my friend Michelle on the podcast we did about Korean food. Okay. And, like, of all the, the places that she mentioned, this was the one that really sort of stood out to me. That's on this year for Outstanding Wine Program. But I'm pretty sure it either won or it was a finalist last year for Best New Restaurant.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm in, that's probably one, you know, if, if I have one reservation, you know, at any of these places, that's where I'm going to go.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Coat was just uh, brought up to me last Thursday. And the person, um, Brian, who was telling me about it was blown away. I heard it was a phenomenal meal. Um, yeah. Definitely a place I want to add to my list.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing about the James Beard Award, these are, these are cutting edge. You know, these are meals that are going to take you somewhere, but take you somewhere for a price. One of the things that I specifically wanted to, to sort of talk to you about is where could I go in New York for, say, a more economical uh, fine dining experience?
1: You know, I guess off the top of my head, I I'm a big sushi fan on all facets. I I enjoy raw food in general, tartar, um, you know, oysters, whatever it is. I I like raw raw food a lot. A place I've been going to, which I think is underrated, um, is Memoya. It's a spot over on 20th and 7th Avenue. Maybe 21st. I want to say 20th. Um, it's kind of just muscle memory at this point. Yeah. Um, but they've been running strong for a couple years now. No reservation spot. Um, so, you know, some nights you might wait a little. Don't get me wrong, you can always join it, enjoy a Sapporo while you're waiting. Nice. But they're running an amazing dining experience. Um, you're getting very high-quality fish, very well-cut fish for an affordable rate. In comparison to, you know, other um, sushi um, restaurants, Momoya really does an amazing job at that perfect kind of right-in-the-middle of giving you a great meal for a great price and the chef rudy i've had the opportunity to know for a couple of years now and he's really just done an amazing job you have to get the sushi sashimi combo if you're there sure um, sit at the bar and you can watch them do wonders with the knife um, it's really just crazy i'm mean, even down to the plating and you know the presentation and watching you know how hard and they're you know working on each of these hand rolls uh, or pieces of fish is amazing to taste, um, but I, I've been going there for years at this point. Uh, they also have another location on the Upper West Side, but I have to stay loyal to the Chelsea location and Chef Rudy. He's really does a phenomenal job.
0: So the way I see it, like in New York, you are going to pay for the sort of innovation, right? The sort of the meals where you're doing the the ten course tasting menu with like you know each taste being a couple mouthfuls, yeah. Um, you know those are going to be the four dollar sign places on Locust, right? Yeah. So to speak, but you have these sort of fine dining gems that are hidden throughout the city. That either, you know, they are the the momoyas where you know it's just the quality far exceeds the price. Shout out the lunch special at Pico Cochina, right here in in, in Soho, ten dollar pastas yeah. that are like homemade and amazing. Yeah. Um, or. You know, go to any of, like, the sort of artisanal gourmet shops that are, like, well-known throughout the city and just, like, make it yourself. One of the James Beard Awards this year for, I think, Outstanding Baker, Um, one of the finalists is a baker at Mazadar, which is right here in Greenwich Village and has some of, like, the most amazing pastries I've ever had in my life. And it's one of those things where you take the pastries from there and then you go to Murray's Cheese and you get your cheese and you know you just sort of mix and match and you have like a picnic, but it's all just amazing quality,
1: yeah, it's all about being scrappy with the spots that you love, and yeah. you know tossing them together uh, can really do wonders, yeah um, as you seem to have figured out.
0: What about the spaghetti incident because you you wrote this down on our on our notes here and I keep hearing about this from people. I've never been uh, myself, but like, what's what's great about that?
1: You know, when it comes to most economical dining, they far surpass the standard. It's an amazing kind of hole in the wall on the Lower East Side, East Village. I got brought there by a friend about a year and a half ago. He had worked at one of their um, brother-sister restaurants. Mm. And I was blown away because, you know, my favorite pasta is just a simple, you know, mozzarella, basil, uh, tomato sauce. In most cases, I love mozzarella and a lot of restaurants just skimp on the mozzarella. Sure. They'll give you like three little, you know, pearls of mozzarella and you're kind of like trying to displace it around, you know, the rest of the meal and balance it. They hook it up. You're paying on average, I'd say like 14 bucks for these pastas. It feels like family, you know, you have waiter that's coming up um, waiter or waitress coming up to you and really just, how is everything? Do you need anything else? Hooking it up on the wine, whatever it is. It's just a great bang for your buck and you're getting a great quality pasta. It's not overcooked. It's not underdone. It's al dente. Yeah. Um, Highly recommend it for dates, uh, going to catch up with friends, whatever it is. It's really just one of those hole in the walls that you're like, this is too good to be true.
0: What about just your favorite sort of fine dining experience like overall in New York?
1: The modern um, is is amazing. Um, the first time I went there was for my mom's birthday for their summer tasting menu about like three, four years ago. I had the pleasure of going back there in November, and it, it was amazing. They really just go above and beyond each time. A lot of places have um, really started to work with trying to incorporate good plating and above and beyond just flavors and the food that is put on the plate. And really going into plating, presentation, style, um, pairing. You know, I started writing down the wines and the beers that I would have at these places, especially the modern. And I think I popped it into like vino or something afterwards and like found (laughs) out where I could buy that bottle of wine. But it was really just an amazing, amazing dish. We had like a a horseradish kind of potato foam soup. And there was something so subtle that, you know, I couldn't forget after the meal was how they smoked the actual glass oh, before cool. before putting the contents in. Yeah. And it just added that extra, like, dimension of flavor. And the presentation, they go above and beyond. Um, but I really, I highly recommend the modern. If you have a special occasion coming up, a significant other you want to take out for their birthday, um, highly recommend it. It's a, yeah,
0: it's a special occasion spot.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: Um, can we talk about Bond Street? Yeah. So, so Bond Street, literally a special occasion spot. Um, I I had one uh, very memorable birthday dinner at Bond Street. Okay. Um, and it was very memorable because, like, the sushi at Bond Street, um, which for listeners, Bond Street is uh, a sushi restaurant on Bond Street, basically in the remains of an old townhouse like you literally take an elevator to to multiple floors um multiple dining rooms and this is for my money probably the the best sushi experience in new york um at the moment and the sushi is great but everything else that sort of is going on uh is a lot of fun
1: agreed right
0: you walk in and it's a party it's a lot of people enjoying themselves um, and it's a lot of people who know their way around good sushi and you can tell.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have to echo everything you just said. It's really, everyone there knows what they're doing there or is brought by someone who knows what they're doing there. Yeah. Um, it's the tip of the iceberg when it comes to sushi um, and sushi in New York, it, it's up there.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, okay, final question. Um, what we always ask our guests is give us sort of your regular spot, right? And, you know, it doesn't need to be the the 10 course tasting menu at the Modern. Um, But like, where are you going as your sort of regular, this is like where you're going out spot?
1: I have to hone down on Coppelia. Um, Yep,
0: we've talked about this. Yeah,
1: I mean, really, Coppelia has done wonders for me. Uh, It's close by to my uh, place. And I guess just to preface is there's very few twenty four seven spots besides, you know, your local diner um, that actually are quality food 24/ 7. You know it's not you know 3, four am and you're gonna compromise for just the diner burger. Don't get me wrong, Diner burgers are amazing, but you can have quality guaranteed at a certain time of the night, which is really unheard of. I have very few spots and I'd be happy to add spots to my list for late night dining. but Copelia locks it down, uh, even if it's you know the quick yellow rice and beans and empanadas or their chicken soup with a squeeze of lime. They really do an amazing job. I'll eat there three times a week. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's great. Um, Even if it's just one empanada or, you know, we'll get a full meal, whatever it is, it's perfect. They're quick, they're fast, they're nice people, and they're amazing, you know. And then, you know, the perfect thing about that is I can pop two doors down and hit up Donut Pub right afterwards.
0: Is Copilia the place you once ran into Rihanna?
1: Rihanna is a local there, yes. So you Love will it. see Rihanna there, here and there. Uh, I'm not going to promise you, but uh, <laughs> she is a, a, uh, a, a regular uh, there. Well,
0: cool, man. Um, any other places that you want to sort of give a shout-out to before we hit wrap up?
1: Yeah, I mean, the only other spot i think about, and it's probably uh, one of my first three, if not my first, uh, Locazor spots would be O Oraman... Mm, um, yeah. O-Raman is rather new restaurant has been kicking for a little over a year it's over on 6th avenue between 16th and 17th and it's amazing japanese cuisine so like they do great ramen as their you know name tosses an o in front of ramen but also just their small dishes i'll go there and eat anywhere from two to you know five small dishes myself Um, and they have one dish sesame kale which is essentially like kale it's like sesame noodles but kale and they just, no other restaurant has been able to do this. They just have this amazing sesame kale where it takes away the bitterness. Um, and I really, I really just love going there and getting a mix of, you know, small dishes sometimes. Uh, but yeah, besides that, um, that's, uh, that's about it. And um, all my spots are on <laughs> <laughs> dope um
0: Dope. Yeah, guys, if you want to, uh, if you want to see where Dylan is going, Follow him on Locasaur. We'll link the account in the podcast article per usual. And I think that's about it. Go, you know, save up money and go to the modern for the tasting menu. Agreed, agreed. Dylan, thanks so much, man. Thank you, Simon. Thank you to Dylan for coming on. And thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. As always, if you liked what you heard, throw us a rating and follow on whatever podcast platform you prefer, and keep supporting local businesses. I'm Simon Schwartz. Thanks for listening.